0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Full Circle Podcast. As we continue our deep dive into the theme of trust, I wanted to bring you a conversation with a woman whose trust transcends our universe. Today I'm speaking with a woman who has overcome grief and has done so by being open to the messages and signs she's received from her father after his death. For my guest Rahif Kabisi, he an acclaimed men's mental health coach. Her belief in the afterlife and the continuation of life after death brings great comfort after grieving the loss of her dad. Today, she shares the painful journey of losing her father to suicide and the details, the countless signs her father has given her over the years, showing that he is with her and supporting her beyond his death. By being open and receptive to the messages he is sending, she has cultivated a deep connection to herself and is now living her purpose of helping men manage their mental health. Our conversation touches on sensitive topics, but it is an extremely important one that reminds listeners that hope and healing is possible if you remain open to it. I'd love to hear more about your dad. Would you mind sharing just a bit more about your father and what your relationship was like with him?
1: Yes, of course. So I was literally daddy's little girl. I was his best friend. Actually, I am still his best friend. And I lost him 11 years ago to suicide. He died by suicide. And ever since then, I'm on my healing journey and he makes sure to just acknowledge everything that I do when it comes to awareness, when it comes to the campaigns, or even with my clients that I work with right now in my coaching programs, he keeps on sending me messages. And for some, of course, because we have this strong connection, I always listen and I get the message. So yeah, we were very, very, very close.
0: And obviously, losing a parent in that way is very traumatic. I wondered, because I know that originally, when he first passed away, you didn't know he'd died by suicide. It was, it was something else that you was told about. And I just wondered if you could share a little bit more around those circumstances and, and the impact that that had on you when you did find out that he had died by suicide.:
1: Yes. Um, so when I received the news that he has passed away, I've been told that it was a heart attack. So that, of course, created some guilt feelings because only the night before we had a heated argument and it was our first heated argument for since, I don't know, four to five years because we have always been able to communicate and to deal with any kind of situations. But at that night, I do remember I was just fed up. I was dealing with my own depression and I was just this close to give up on my own life. And the discussion was basically just blaming him for everything i was going through so the next day um someone calls me and he was like um, may his his soul rest in peace i'm so sorry for your loss i was like why are you talking about uh your dad had a heart attack so i kept thinking that it was a heart attack for because he was in an um he wasn't in the same country that i was living in so we had to do this long very difficult procedures to get his uh, buddy home. Uh-huh. Um, so in those times, I was really believing that it was just a heart attack. On one night, um, I think it was either the day after we said goodbye to him or maybe a few days before that, but it's really close. And I was um, very numb because of the medications I was on and I was literally just having no... When I say I have no emotions, it's just I'm sitting there uh, in, in denial. Mm-hmm. So I was reading at the newspaper just for me to get myself out of the mood. And in the new newspaper, I, I see um, like a news that a Lebanese man with my dad's initials has hanged himself in his apartment. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, that's 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 my dad's name. And that's when I knew and that's how I learned, actually, that he died by suicide. Yeah. That moment basically shifted from someone who was sad and shocked, um, feeling guilty to someone who was very angry. I got angry. I got uh-huh. furious. I got in rage mode that, wait a second, he did that on purpose. He was depressed and I did not know anything about it. That's that was the most the most part that made me angry. Like I was his best friend why didn't he tell me that must have been really difficult for you given your deep connection to him as you'd
0: obviously shifted from being very upset to being very angry with your father since then i'm curious about how your dad has come through for you and how you feel your dad's presence
1: oh i still do i still do (laughs) but the first time he showed up at the end of my healing program i was doing um a self-improvement theater therapy program and it lasted for like nine months to a year and by the end of it we were asked to write um a scene to go and perform on stage and that scene had to do with our healing process so in my case I had the baggage of dealing with my dad's death with my mom's issues uh with my ex-boyfriend with so I had so many things to to deal with and um, that was four years after my dad's suicide. And during these four years, I've never spoken to him. I've never expressed any kind of emotion. Um, I haven't forgiven him, nothing. So for me, it, it was just, you know what? You chose to die. I'm healing myself, but I'm still up. I'm still mad yes. at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So on that day, I was my scene was one of those scenes who got selected to be performed. I was like, okay, that's it. That's basically it. He has to know because I will be talking about him. So what I did was, and that was the first time he showed up for me, um... I just put my head down and I had a small discussion, not this, not even a discussion, just like a small prayer, like, hey, dad, um, you have to know that I'm doing this therapy. It's very nice. Um, It helped me with a lot of things. So I just shared my experience with him. And I said, um, and you have to know that I will be sharing what happened to you. Um, And I'm here to say that I miss you and I love you. Uh, I hope you're fine. That's it. And I... When I pulled my head back, um, that was, I, I, I just saw his name in front of me. And a friend of mine was doing her rehearsals. And for some, of course, it's not a coincidence, but she flipped the words of her scene from fear to Raif which is my dad's name and at that moment I just went into freeze I, I, I froze I, I couldn't move I couldn't talk uh, my tongue got twisted and even my mentor she was in shock and she couldn't talk because she was like oh my god like your dad literally spoke to you well yep. done uh-huh. it was freaky it was scary but at the <laughs> same time I felt like oh my god my dad is still here I was very close to
0: my grandmother and mm-hmm. she died about 11 years ago now. And I noticed that whenever I'm in times of trouble or stress or or I just need some guidance, I find safety pins because my grandmother used to be a seamstress. She used to make, make clothes and things when she was younger. So I now have this, you know, hundreds and hundreds of safety pins that I seem to be collecting. So for me, I, I really do believe in this connection that there is definitely a connection um, life after death. And so I wondered... When in your times of need, how does your dad show up for you?
1: So I have many stories for you. Um, <laughs> last year, I did an awareness campaign on men's mental health in honor of his birthday. So what I did was in November, I with my with the help of my friends, we did like six community activities, from running to cycling to hiking. Um, what else? Yoga, breathing. So the purpose of it was to raise awareness on men's mental health. And at the same time, we were also supporting an initiative to help underprivileged families to provide them with clean water. So what happened was just by the end of the awareness campaign that lasted for like three weeks, um, I was sleeping. I Before I went to sleep, I remember that I just stared at our picture, the only picture I have of him. And I was like, um, the whole world wished you a happy birthday. Um, I hope you have received your gift. Happy birthday again. I love you. Um, and I slept. And I swear to you, at 5.30 a.m., his picture has been on that shelf for like five years and it has never, ever, ever fall, uh, fell off the shelf on the floor. And at that night, at 5.30 a.m., the frame of the picture fell on the floor and made a huge noise. Mm. That was Mm -hmm. his way of saying, I love you too. Thank you. (laughs) Gift has been received. Um, So this is how he shows up. Um, He sends me signs in ways that I'm the only person who could understand. Um, Whether it was through songs that he used to listen to, uh, words he used to say to me. Uh, He once on my birthday showed up as a man looking exactly like him just to smile at me and disappears these mm. kind of stories no one would believe you when you say them um i know and uh you know so it's it's really when you are at your how can i explain it you have to be in a really really um strong place could spiritually because you have to believe he's still there and he is and it all he only showed up after i was Not completely healed, but in a place where I'm done with my grief, let's put it that way. I'm in a place where I can show up in an open mind that, okay, I'm here, I forgive you. Let's talk. Because I would imagine it must be quite difficult if you're closed
0: off to that kind of thing because you're still grieving or you're still angry, that sense of you're not going to be open to notice or to even pay attention to any of those signs that might be around you. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious, and I wonder if you could share with me how important these moments are for you and actually how important are they as part of your ongoing healing journey?
1: That's a good one. To be very honest, they're very important. And I do remember I had a mini ner- nervous breakdown, just maybe a couple of years back. Um, I called my friend crying. She was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I can't remember my dad's voice. I can't remember my dad's voice. Um, because back then he we, di- we did not have voice notes or all of that. We, we used to talk through Skype. So when he sends me these kind of messages, for example, once I did feel his hand helping me cross the street, I do remember his, um, answer to something related to my work. He told me what to do because at the end of the day, when he was still with us physically, um, he was the only person who used to give me objective advice. Um, he was there to to help me grow, to to hold the space. Let's put it that way. He was very good, extremely good in holding the space for me to grow as his daughter, as a woman growing up, but at the same time, to make sure I'm still safe and supported along the way. And I thought that would be over once he was dead, but it's still there. Not all the time, to be honest, because I feel that he knows I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I, am okay i am i am i am a big girl now, but in moments of, so for me, I still connect to him in two situations. One, when I'm so proud of something that I have achieved. Uh, I run. You find me like literally the little girl, or he used to call me the little fox, just like the little fox. I would go to the picture or maybe look at my um, the tattoo for him. And I would say, yo, dad, I have to share this with you. And I start sharing. Automatically, Jillian, he would send me something. It could be a feather. It could be a song for Frank Sinatra, his favorite artist. Or So, you know, you would know that, yes, I'm proud of you, uh, big girl. On the second situation is when I'm, I feel I don't know a heartbreak. I feel I'm I'm stuck. Um, I'm not moving forward. I'm really sad. I'm really angry. And I just went to him as a friend, um, like help me. If you do have that power, please help me. Please do something. Please give me a sign. Um, and he does. Um, so they're very powerful because um, no matter how many years would pass, you would still, of course, feel the pain. Yes, it comes through waves. It comes through. Um, on different days and occasions, on 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 celebrations or celebrative days, it would hit you harder. That I wish he was here, but it's very important because you, for me, it's a it's a like um, a clear message that no matter how old you get, no matter where you are, I'll still be there for you when you really really need me. I'm here.
0: Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just as you're talking there, I can get a sense of that real comfort that that brings, and that real sense of oh, yeah. connectedness, <laughs> and, and and a kind of, I suppose it's like a, a an invisible hug, isn't it? Really,
1: to say it's, that yes, um, I'm here. Yeah. The way I call it, Jillian, is a superpower. Like I'm yeah. really blessed. I'm really grateful. I'm one of those chosen people to be able to 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 connect on a such a deep, beautiful level. Um, Not anyone gets to have that, you know? Absolutely.
0: And throughout this process of you going on your own healing journey from your own growth that you needed to do, but also through the loss and everything else that you've experienced in your life, you then moved into creating your own career and doing something new. So I just wondered, can you share
1: a little bit more now about what you're doing to support others? Brilliant. (laughs) Of course. After I was done, I don't want to say done because healing is a life sentence, but I when <laughs> I, I, I reached a point where I was okay with my feelings, I was okay with my emotions, and I'm ready to just share my um, mission with the world, what happened was uh, my dad's suicide gave me this realization that we do have a men's, men's mental health problem in our region, especially where I come from, which is Beirut, Um, the Arab world still has it as a taboo for a man to just say I'm tired, let alone say I'm depressed because we as a society have not been raised or conditioned in a way that we support men emotionally and um, mentally. And at the same time, men were raised to, 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 to show up as you're tough, you are a man, therefore, you have to always be strong. And I really, really wholeheartedly wanted to break that stigma because my my it first started that I really did not want any girl to go through that pain like I did. Like I went through the pain. I paid my debt. No one has to go through it. And if I can just save at least one person, then I'm OK. Um, so basically, this is how it started, Jillian. Um, I I really did a lot of research, a lot of studying, a lot of uh, planning on how I can better do that. Um, So I just started small in a way where I used to just raise awareness on men's mental health openly. Um, But the first time that I really like full power, I think it was before COVID or during the COVID when I went uh, as a guest on Spencer Lodge, uh, podcast and he was the person who encouraged me to share my story it was like you know what girl (laughs) the whole world should listen to your story and when i did that i realized that i i am i am chosen this is the whole the the only world that i could come up with that i'm show i was chosen to 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 help people so raise your mental health came up to support men to encourage them to speak up and to provide them a safe environment, confidential environment, uh, or confidential space for them to actually just vent, let that light that load, talk about the things that have been pulling you down emotionally, and I promise you we're gonna find a solution no matter what it is. And slowly but surely, um, men are now more open to just talk about it, to engage with the uh, mental health and to show up for themselves. Arabs not so much, in all honesty. It's more common with um, in the UK and Canada and um, in India. Arabs are still taking it as a taboo, but it's getting better definitely. So this is what I do. I, I work with business leaders on their anxiety management, on stress, on suicide prevention, um, overthinking uh emotion management uh communication how to 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 spot your symptoms and what to do next um that's what i do basically amazing
0: and very important work it's so i mean there's so much more awareness around mental health period but um I do feel that there is absolutely a voice for men's mental health as well which is absolutely amazing in terms of of, of of when you started to embrace this work and you started as you said you feel like this has been a calling this is kind of you've been chosen to do this um how has you has your dad showed up to confirm this is this is exactly what you're meant to be doing for, with your life um through
1: these signs I told you about so um I remember once a client came to me and he was like, um, after our discovery session, he was, um, listen, I don't know how you could help me. I'm really, really in a very bad place, but let's let's do this. And then I asked him, but why are you telling me this now? He was like, um, because I heard your story about your dad and I can only imagine how powerful you are in, in a way that I want my daughter to live happily so I want to heal myself for that. And that was, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so I don't know how to explain it. Some things are really inexplicable, but he does show up in a way either from men coming to, to the space and talk about their issues. Or sometimes I do remember one, uh, one man th- that was really mind blowing to me. I did not end up working with him. However, in the session, he was sharing his story about the loss of, um, I, I think it was his son, his son committed suicide, uh, eight or nine years ago. And while he was sharing his story, it was so similar to mine that I felt I was just standing in front of a mirror, except that he's a man and I'm a woman. Uh, and I was like, okay, wow. That that's, <laughs> I think that's my dad's work. Um, but I then, of course, the man ended up working with um, a psychiatrist. But this is how he shows up, um, through signs, through people, uh, through things, messages.
0: So not everybody, as you mentioned earlier, is going to be maybe as open, as receptive to this because they've either not experienced it or they just might feel very uncomfortable or or they might be people who don't believe. So I kind of wondered, what could you share with those that are listening around if they are interested in this and wanting to open themselves up more to connect with people that they've lost or or just to open themselves up more to trust that there is something bigger what kind of advice would you give them
1: in all honesty i don't feel i am in a place to advise people on this because this is basically a very personal issue you either It's not uh, you either believe in it or not, but you either feel it or not. But what I would encourage people to do, it doesn't matter if they're going to show up for you the way my dad does for me, but do talk to them. Um, Write letters. I remember after the campaign, I was so heartbroken and happy at the same time, but happy because the the campaign went really well and heartbroken because I'm doing all of that to celebrate my dad dad's birthday, if it's making any sense. And I do remember that I cried my heart out, but what I did was I wrote a letter to him. I did not just speak to a picture. No, no, I actually took the time, got my journal, and I wrote a letter, and I shared everything about the journey. Um, And then he did not show up the way I wanted him to be, except when the frame uh, fell. So what I'm trying to say is that, uh, put your heart out anyway, They are listening. They will be. You are supported. You are heard. You are seen. They might show up in different ways for you. Maybe there's an angel, there, um, a guided angel, who is showing up as a friend, um, as a colleague, as a partner, uh, maybe as a pet. If people were might laugh at this, but you never know how the universe is going to just put. Someone, as an angel, spirit in your way. Just trust and have faith, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to tell you a story, I used to be an events manager years, years back. And we had a comedy show to, to prepare for. So there was the sound engineers, the lighting, and all of that. And I do remember that there was a meeting scheduled um, with the sound engineer. And someone else showed up to the meeting. It was like, I'm here for the sound uh, sound test. And I was like, you're not the sound man he was like yes I am what's your name what's your name and then we had a conversation about weird or not weird unique names like mine and his um so his line was at least your name is not Raif (laughs) excuse me he was like yeah I was like out of all the names why did you choose this one in a very calm neutral tone he was like because Raif and Raif are very close I was like listen dude Today is my dad's seventh memorial, seventh year memorial. I just got this tattoo, which is basically the year he was born and the year he died. And literally, I just came here. He was like, all right. Then he gave me a pat on my shoulder and he left. He smiled and he left. That that could never happen if you're not really believing that there's still... He's still with me,
0: and there's so many arguments around. Is it a coincidence? Nothing is coincidence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that completely. For me, there's something around alignment, synchronicity, and and I think that that connection, like you said, and but you mentioned the word trust, and I think you know we started off the conversation around trusting in that there is something bigger, yeah. there's something in the afterlife. And it feels to me that you are very in a very trusting space now with this because you've had those signs. How else is, you know, thinking about trust, how important is trust to you in your life
1: now? Extremely important. It's very important for me to receive it, and it's very important for me to also uh, give it. Uh, because give it to myself and to others, just to be um, clear. Because without trust, you would always be in pain of the what ifs of the um doubt overthinking um trust is very important it it gives you the peace of you know what whatever is gonna happen it's gonna happen for my highest good it might show up in really really annoying disturbing bumps but i got it i got it you know and the universe has my back Amazing. Has your kind of
0: vision of success or your definition of success changed based upon the experiences
1: that you've had in your life? Oh, extremely. Um, So before I used to think that being successful is being very wealthy financially. (laughs) Um, Not that it's not important, but now success to me is your inner peace. Success is you being authentic. Success is showing up for yourself even on days when you don't feel like it. This is success. Success is being kind to yourself and to others, um, loving yourself, being in a place where your resilience is getting stronger one day at a time, and you being okay with it. Resilience is one day I'm in a very balanced uh, place, and the other day I, I just don't know what to do with myself. Um, so on days I'm, I'm, I, can, I can trust, and some days, no, I can't. Um, it is hard work.
0: Yes. And I do think you described it as a life sentence, is, it is this sense it of is. healing, you know. It, it, it doesn't
1: really stop.
0: Yeah, it doesn't never never end. And if you do have one of those days, you mentioned there just that sense of resilience, I would call it, you know, sometimes you have a wobble. Some days, like you said, you feel great. Some days you just don't feel in a good place. If you have those days, mm-hmm. what do you say to yourself or what do you do to help yourself get back on track?
1: Uh, I meditate a lot. I remind myself that I'm just human. I increase my my self-care activities. Uh, sometimes I just switch off and I watch Netflix. Sometimes I just go vent to a friend. Sometimes I just take care of myself. I listen to what my body is asking me to do. Sometimes I cry my eyes out. Sometimes I just take a shower and scream my lungs. Whatever, I embrace the messy mess that I'm in. Emotion on an emotional and physical level, um, because at the end of the day, when when everything falls apart, that means something good is coming or something better is coming. I just remind myself that I'm a human, and also um, because of what I do. So I do work with a lot of people with anxiety, with stress, and with depression. So as an empath and as a mental health coach, I also have to be able to balance myself and to keep myself safe and protected um so I also work with my own healer and my own coach to help me with that yeah and I think it's important that you do that self-care isn't it because in the work
0: that you do it is really important that you top up your tank I would class it is that sense of getting healed working on yourself and making sure that you give yourself the time out that you need just
1: to kind of top yourself up when you're feeling the energy levels are a bit low yeah I do spend a lot of time just on my own because I want that Mm. space I want that silence
0: yeah it's interesting because I've my and it feels based upon what you've shared is something that I've also experienced as well is is that when you do start to go quiet when you do give yourself some space and some time to focus with you know kind of through meditation or mindfulnessness just kind of move yourself from external activity into internal activity where you start to quiet your mind a little bit that you start to build a deeper connection also with your intuition and it feels from the connection that you've had and paying attention to those signs that you've had over the years from your father that you are really working in that space of intuitiveness as well would that be fair to say yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) got one more final question for you and i'm really grateful for all what you've shared today and it really does kind of resonate and ring home to me and i'm sure it will do for those that are listening when your clients, for example, maybe lose their connection with their sense of trust or intuition, do you have any advice or anything that you could guide them around and how they could reconnect with that?
1: Well, it's it's very important to remind yourself that it's okay. It's really okay because maybe by losing your trust, it's, it's, um, it's a wake-up call or it's a message for you to be able to see things from a different perspective. Why am I losing that trust? Is it because you have to put it somewhere else? Is it because you have to work on something related to you? Some inner work has to be done. Um, Trust is, for me, like a Lego or these dominoes um, where you build it and you, you, you break it again and then you build it again and then you break it again. But it's very important that you have the support, like really professional support, because most of... The work that is related to trust, to to confidence, to self-esteem, to mental health, anything that has to do with us, really, emotionally and on a mind level, is related to limit beliefs, is related to trauma experiences. Where is that lack of trust coming from? Is it coming because you've had a bad experience? Is it because you've been dealing with so many people in your life, closed ones, that have Betrayed your trust. Where is it coming from? Because sometimes this is just um, a coping mechanism, but it's not a healthy one. So by working with a professional, they will be able to guide you and to help you break that fear and trusting yourself and others again. Of course, it's not easy. It is challenging. It's It could definitely take so much time but slowly but surely it happens and so that's what i would say i I know it's a long answer but basically just be authentic uh, be kind to yourself because a lot of at least a lot of my friends and my clients that i work with they self-sabotage themselves by either comparing their journey to someone else's which basically uh ruins their self-esteem and confidence and trust in themselves or because they do believe they're not worth of neither love neither support neither anything good so they just say you know what i'm done um i'm okay i'm i'm i don't need anyone i don't need help because they're scared this is basically fear talking So it's okay. You're human. Be kind to yourself. Show up for yourself just as much as you show up for others. You deserve it.
0: That's amazing. It's been so good to talk to you. Thank Thank you you. for sharing your story. And as I said, I can absolutely resonate and I've had experience myself of similar things from my grandma. So I do know the importance of that connection and to trusting. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I have to say that was really, really exciting because this is the first time I ever talk about uh, my dad. or my experience from this angle. So thank you for doing that.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and subscribe to be notified each week of new episodes. Until next time, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. See you
1: soon.